Hello and welcome back to episode 56 of the CrossFit Harrow podcast. Um, we are here today sharing another story. Um, today we are going to share Sarah's story. Sarah, thank you for joining us. Thank you. That was a very formal uh, introduction. It was. Um, so uh, the, one, the first question I tend to ask people when they come on the show is what brought you to CrossFit Harrow? I went to a different CrossFit first. Um, I just went to one session. I was actually watching the session and um, I'd never known anything about CrossFit before, um, was intrigued, was told uh, to go along by a friend, um, and it was a bit intimidating at first um, when I first went. Um, the guys were lovely, but it was just really hardcore, intense, um, and yeah, intimidating, I'd say. Um, and what what was the because of the work the workout like the look of people's yeah, faces just i think everyone there had been doing it for so long and the coach wasn't really helping the newbies okay um because there was a couple of other people there as well and i it, yeah it was just really like wow um, full on yeah nothing like i've ever done before okay um and was just just a bit intimidating um, so I didn't go back there and I wasn't living in Harrow at the time and then I came back to Harrow and I just thought oh I'll, let me search and see if there's another one um, and I had no idea that you guys were here and I was like okay there's one down the road and I came and found you guys <laughs> that's so funny because this year will be six years and often people say like some, some of the other podcasts have been like oh marketing works but then <laughs> some people say I've lived in Harrow for like 10 years and I never knew there was a CrossFit here. Yeah, I literally like, lived in Harrow my whole life and never had any idea you were here. I, I, need, was... to take, I need to take a note of that and make sure that we advertise that better. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so uh, so did it stick in your head that like this was something that you wanted to do or were you willing to give it another go, obviously? Yeah, I think I watched some more videos and stuff and um, just did a little bit more digging and when I looked at your site, it was just... It felt totally different. Okay. Um, and the intro to CrossFit and just how you guys worked and, um, you know, when you come along and you have a meeting, first of all, and then you do the, um, the sessions one-on-one, it was just totally different instead of just being thrown into it. Because, yeah, I've trained sort of ever since I was 15, 16, but mm. I've never, you know, done barbell work or any of, like, the gymnastic stuff. And I, I needed the, the hand-holding at the beginning and just confidence as yeah. well because I've never done it and I just wanted yeah a little I, bit of a I do think that's quite important with the confidence thing and there for me there is a direct correlation between the process that you went through to processes that people like maybe six, five or six years ago who didn't go through that because yeah. obviously it has changed over the years um, in terms of their longevity through fitness their confidence the, the amount that they can grow as an individual through training so that's quite quite fascinating really um, school sports Something you were into? Yep, so I always trained and did athletics. Okay. I ran. Um, what, what distance? I did 100 metres and I did relay. And people will probably laugh at that if they ever saw me run now because I've totally lost that. <laughs> you, don't, you don't say much about that though. I, I never knew no, that. No, I, like, I competed and I did, you know, you know, when in Harrow, if you've grown up in Harrow, you went to Bannisters and yeah. you, uh, you competed against yeah. the Yeah, I mean, stores. I went to watch, but... Yeah, so... <laughs> Wasn't that good? And I competed against all other schools and, you know... I loved it. I absolutely loved training. And after school, I joined um, a health club and I worked there. Um, and so I've always trained. Um, I have P- I've had PT. Okay. Um, you know, I was really confident and happy going into a gym in that environment and doing, you know, body pump and spin and everything else. Um, and yes, yeah, so I've always done something, but just never anything. But like then 100 metres is more of like an individual sport. 
obviously there was the, the relay, but you wouldn't yeah. spend a lot of time, um, I, I wouldn't imagine training that. Um, so at what point was it like, because a lot of people tend to, whoever, you know, if you're an individual sport, it can be quite hard transitioning over to like group stuff. Yeah. Right? And I think, like for me, knowing it was just me, it was the confidence thing as well. So if I went and ran my best and stuff, and then coming into a group situation, mm. even even when I was back, at, you know, in the gym setting, it's quite intimidating because just having to have that confidence going into when other people may be better than you or look different to you. Mm. Um, I think it probably was a bit of a shock to the system, but knowing, I suppose, that I could have that base level of fitness. Yeah, it's a mindset thing as well, right? Yeah. Because people can struggle from going, right, I've done this so much on my own. Yeah. To go into groups. So, yeah, I think it was a bit of a shock to the system going into a group setting. And then did you f continue that after school or you just, like, once school was done, athletics was kind of done, it was something, something, nothing, yeah, something? Yeah, athletics was sort of done. Like, I did, didn't ever... Was that, it just fizzled out, just a choice? Yeah, like, some people would say that I'm really competitive and I probably am in one way. But when it came to that, I wasn't. I was just like, oh, yeah, I did it at school. I had fun with it. Mm. And then that was that. And I went to college and I did uh, sports science at college. And again, you know, just trained myself, really. I just never carried on with the competition. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, you tried or have experienced, like... Um group classes in different environments um, and there's probably a purpose or a time in your life where they ser served a good purpose for you and you in enjoyed them. Yeah, I think when I was younger I was really good at motivating myself and as I've got older that has yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I it's like things in your life at different yeah, stages. And you know, I've I carried on running and doing more distance and stuff after school so my happy place was chucking on my trainers and, and going for a run. And if I was grumpy or anything, my mum would be like, Sarah, just go for a run or something. Because that's where I was happy, going and doing longer distances. Mm. And I could motivate myself to do that. And, you know, working in the gym, I would take my kit with me and just, you know, go straight upstairs afterwards and, and train as I've got older. Because that's hard in itself. So you went through a period of working in a gym, yeah? Yeah. How long was that? Five, six years. Okay, so that can also be quite. I, I found in my experience, and even up and even up till now, those who work in the gym at the same time of being very motivated can also be like, oh, this is like a, after coaching or doing your daily task and then having to be in that environment all day. It can be, like on the outside, it's like, but you're in a gym. It's easy. Yeah. It's everything's there. But actually, it's not that easy. I think I saw it as more of a social thing because. You know, we were all around the same age, everyone that was working there, the PTs, the lifeguards, the people on reception, membership. It was more of a social thing, so it would be, I probably wouldn't be training on my own that much. I would yeah. be with somebody or chatting to somebody or doing a class with someone or, hey, do you want to jump on that spin session together? Yeah. So it was more of a social thing for us, and then obviously we'd all go out drinking and stuff afterwards. So it was like this, it was just a whole social element of it. But that's the fun part as well, yeah. right? That's the, I guess in, you know, with moving over to the CrossFit world, that's kind of labelled as a community, but equally there are yeah. communities in other areas of different gyms and stuff. Um, what was something that like, like a turning point in, like was it in your 20s or like now, or you know, even as a teenager, was it like, right, health is very important to me. Was there anything that happened along the way or has it always been like, just because you've got that nature inside you? Um, different different things so when I was younger it was just all about how I looked and confidence coming from that 
and obviously having done several podcasts with females and just general conversation that seems to be quite a big thing yeah it was a big thing and I think in the back of my mind it's probably still there but my focus is totally different now yeah. because I know who I am and, and, and what I and can do. And older, wiser. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when I was younger, it was purely on, it wasn't about how much I could lift, it wasn't how far I could run, it was do this so I can fit in that dress. Was self-image nice something, something that you struggled with? Yeah, massively. And because I'm short as well, I always just felt bigger than what I was. And I'm five foot nine, so... <laughs> But it's, Can't be that short. No, but I'm I not think, actually five like, nine. In my five, head, seven. in my head, I just look at myself, and I've probably been. Other people probably don't help either because, you know, when you're younger, you're you know labelled as stumpy or dumpy or whatever because you're short, and that's stuck in your head. Never your head. experienced anything like that. <laughs> I'm so tall. And you know, it's just it's things that stick with you. So yeah, I you know it was do I fit in those jeans or do I have that thigh gap or, you know, have I got, you know. Because it was like almost abs. an expectation for a female to, yeah, to be like that. Yeah, even before like social media and everything, it was it was always still there to to look nice and to be, you know, a size eight or, or whatever. Yeah, and actually, although social media wasn't as uh, available as it was then, um, but it would have been in like press for like celebrities oh, or famous, but like magazine and you yeah. know, just seventeen or whatever you were growing up with. It there was had, okay. Is okay yeah, magazine still around? It was I remember all, my sister. You know, either. pretty skinny girls um, that we all aspired to look like. <laughs> Which you know has such a massive impact, like subconsciously, even up until maybe now. Like where you might people might, might or may or may not be aware of it, but like even now, maybe like certain decisions people make would still have that in the back of their mind yeah like there's certain days where I will still wake up and go you know have that in the back mm. of it that will be in the forefront of my mind of like yeah I am going to CrossFit today or I am going to do a run or whatever because of that mm. but most of the time now it's my aim is to be the strongest and healthiest that I can be now and like, you've come away from that yeah. like I'm doing this for, for that reason, like you're solely, you're doing it purposely for you yeah. and how you feel. I know what clothes suit me now. I yeah. know what I look best in. I, I, you know, I am who I am. Mm. And this is, this is what my body and how I've always been. I'm not automatically going to, you know, in the next few days, grow three inches and get yeah. a thigh gap. Like, oh, that's not, that's not going to happen. I, you know, I am. But some people would project those expectations on themselves. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Be very detrimental. Um, I don't like lockdown. I'm interested to, to find out how people dealt with that because, like, we're technically we're not in one, but we we kind of are yeah, really in yeah. some respects. Um, out of the three, what was your hardest, and how did you deal with it? Like, what was the hardest point in either one in any one of those lockdowns? Um, I'd probably say this most recent one. I think early lockdown and last March and even like July and everything, it was sunny. And we could get out still a little bit. And, yeah, because know, that's when you kept, that was that's around. That's when I joined, yeah, yeah, July last year. And it was like this time last year, the weather was amazing. Mm. You know, we could get out and have our daily dose. And I was walking loads more and still getting to have walks and see friends and stuff. Um, and the same coming here in July. Um, outdoors, by the outdoors, way. Outdoors, it was outdoors. Um, it was just, I think the weather can like really helped yeah um 
and then it came in sort of the December one and it was dark mornings and cold and you know I like I, I enjoy doing classes online which we're doing but I'm again if I'm at home yeah I'm less motivated to do it and especially with work like if I booked him to do a lunchtime one but a call ran over or I saw an important email I was prioritizing yeah, that yeah, and not course. myself um so when you know we got to come back inside or do the outside bits that was great for me so this one actually has been the hardest one to i'd say so just because of the weather and the darkness and the motivation do you think it's got anything to do with the fact that like subconsciously we kind of almost know that we're like we could be out of this but at the same time we actually could go the other way yeah i'd like to think we were not going back the other way no but it felt just like a never-ending sort of trudge through mud mm. it was like when is this going to end it's is it going to end and you know i work in the nhs as well so i could see the other side of people being really poorly but also selfishly you're like is this is this ever going to end D- did that have an impact to seeing those people yeah I, like, i'm not on the front line but I, I speak to people daily who are and you can see even just within you know even if you're speaking to the other guys who, who work on the admin side of thing working from home and everything people's People's personalities have changed. changed. Our dynamics have changed. Being in front of a screen all day and having that dynamic, it has changed people. Yeah. It's made people a bit more introvert, yeah. I think. And, and maybe having a, a negative attitude towards certain things, like maybe telling themselves they can't do something, mm-hmm. they can't, you know, can't achieve this, or like fitness-related or not, yeah. but just in general. But it's not having that... that um, people interaction I thrive off of being around people mm. so sitting at home in my kitchen in front of a computer all day by the time 12 o'clock comes I'm exhausted because yeah. I've got no one to feed off of and apart from me and even the you know 10 minute walk to the station in the morning the 10 minute walk home just getting that bit of fresh air whereas some days I was just just seeing yeah, things like I wasn't leaving the house um, I would be doing lunchtime workout with you guys on, on Zoom I'd then be just sitting at my laptop I would be like, it's too cold to go out, so I'm not even going to walk the dog today. Like, it got it got a bit of a stuck in a rut. Mm. The uh, the interaction is, I think, like catching up with people and, and talking to people. That that's been the hardest thing a lot of people have, have struggled with. Um, and also, like being at work, a lot of your time, I guess, is although it's not it's not productive in terms of working, but it's productive in terms of the engagement that you have with people around you. That that's yeah. also what people miss out on. Yeah, just waiting for that call to come in and, yeah, yeah. oh, there's a face there. Yeah, could speak yeah. To someone. But how did you, what was the coping mechanisms? What did you, you know, was there anything in particular that you said or you can say that worked really, really well or kept you in a, your mindset a certain thing? Um, getting into a routine. So because it was so new and I'm used to going into the office, you know, five days a week, I didn't really work from home a lot unless, you know, you needed to and, you know, my boss would be cool with it. But it was getting into a routine and there was times where, I'd let that slip and it would really affect Affection, me. Yeah. yeah, so it was making sure I got up at the same time. Um, that was the hardest thing, I think, even for, for me, getting up at the same time. Getting up, like, because I usually, I used to do it eight till four in, in the office, but because we were working from home, I was like, oh, I might as well just do nine to fives, it's fine. And there was times where I was getting up at like 10 to nine. Yeah. And just walking downstairs and not... Just rolling not in. Doing, not doing... The dress from here yeah, upwards. literally <laughs> not doing the prep work that I, I would usually get up and have some me time in the morning and, you know, have a nice cup of tea or coffee and just sit and whatever it wasn't. It was just, can't bother to do that anymore, don't need to. People, I think, lost a little bit of purpose. Yeah. Like, it was just get up and kind of just see what happens. Yeah. It, that, 
exactly it. It was just, there's no point going for a walk around the block and pretending I'm going on a commute and things like that, which is, you know... I, I mean, you know, that to some degree that works for like you know a week or two like right I'm going out I want to go and see you know what's going on around here or just go and get my daily coffee if that because I think most coffee shops are pretty much yeah. open anyway um, but then that novelty wears off of like you know uh, going out just for the sake of, yeah. of going out and it was cold and raining or mm. snowing and yeah know, we had a bit of, yeah. you're just like yeah I've got all the good intentions and then you're like nah it's alright actually so routine really helped routine yeah and is that something that you've continued now yeah I do and Especially, you know, the past sort of month, um, I've, yeah, I've nailed it now. I know where I'm at. You're in it's, your ta- it's only taken me a year, but <laughs> I've nailed it. I've actually, you know... I'm, but in perspective, yeah. if it's taken you a year and then the next like 50, 60 years now are like, you know, nailed, then... Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I get up at the same time every day. I'm going to bed at the same time every day. I've got my morning routine. That's a hard one too. Yeah. It that's, is really hard. That's a very hard Because, you know, I get, you can get sucked into scrolling and things like that before bed. Do you have much phone time or like... TV time or anything like that? I limit myself now. Okay. So I limit my social media um, and I don't go on my phone sort of after nine o'clock. Um, I listen or read. I usually listen to have an audio book before bed and stuff. Um, and a, Where you wouldn't have done any of this before or you would have? Audio book and stuff before bed. I love reading and stuff. So that's quite normal for me to have some audio time or reading time during the day. Yeah. But no, like now the limiting my phone after nine o'clock, no social media, all of that is all new. And because otherwise, you, I would, I'd sit there till 12 o'clock at night looking at other people's lives. Yeah. Because and you don't realise how. You yeah. have no idea. And like I was on TikTok for like all of two days and I was like, this is going to take <laughs> up my life. So I came straight off of it because... I never got into, no. into it. But I often find, like, you know, I, to, to come up with new content and, like, get ideas, I would often, like, explore Instagram to see what was going on, topic to talk about, individual, like, and uh, I found that I'd spend, I put it down to work purposes, um, spend a little bit, of t- or maybe too much time, and it's easily it done. Consu- it consumes you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because you can still be so focused yeah. on you and everything else, but you would just get so consumed. Yeah, with... I'm like, oh, what are they doing? Because yeah. I'm sitting at home doing nothing, so let's live through everybody else. What, um, and, and obviously, like, working in the NHS and stuff, like, how, um, how, like, what was stress like? How did you, like, was that high? Was that, like... At the beginning, it was really high. Um, and, you know, obviously, I'm not frontline, but we are... At the You've got all service. the back-end stuff, though. It's yeah, like... it's the support service. And working in training, like, everything that we did was face-to-face at the yeah. beginning. Um, so a lot of new protocols. Yeah, everything had to, everything had to change. So all of a sudden, we're not in the from one week to the next. We were you must work from home, but also now you're working from home and you have to have everything that we usually do face to face, digitally, yeah, and virtually. Do it now, and it was just like okay. And then so we're all trying to work as a team. We're all trying to. There were some days um, with my colleagues, I'd literally just have teams open, and we were on on teams calls for for ages, just trying to communicate and get stuff built um, to to put content out there for, for staff, um, especially important COVID content um, that they had to be trained on before going into ICU and things like that. It was just it was really demanding. That some of the um, I get maybe I might be wrong, but maybe some of the tasks like it's it's almost like not there's some things that you absolutely have to do for staff um, uh, because they need to know that. But it might have been hard, quite hard for the staff to like want to sit in on these and listen to those because it's like well there's so much going on. What yeah. do I? Everyone literally was just 
it just felt like we were over consuming because we had to take in all this new information. No one really knew what, what COVID on. was, yeah. what's going on, how to treat it. But then there's all these new protocols of what people have to do if you are treating somebody. Um, and so that's really overwhelming for clinical staff who have to be on a ward all day and then you're expecting them to log in and, and do all these virtual trainings and things like that or fill in this survey. or. You know. And to, to you, the survey is important, but to them actually means nothing yeah, really. Yeah, you know, everything everything that we do in hospital has to be reported to somebody whether it's NHS England or you know somebody else everything's reported. This, this data isn't it? Yeah so to them they just want to treat their patients but then we're on the other side nagging them to you know fill in a survey or you must click on this piece of training and watch this you know infection control video. And although they know it they just yeah, they have, have to, to tick yeah, it and say to, I've completed it. Exactly so at the beginning it was it was just go 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 it was it was just yeah, constant, and it was hard, and I don't think we stopped to take a breath, really, for, like, the first six months, and then you sit there and go, wow, look at like All happened. that time's gone by, yeah, yeah. look what's happened and what has been achieved. Um, yeah, it was, it was an experience. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, and with, with regards to, like, obviously you can't speak for the NHS, but going back in, are you still working from home? You, yeah. Is it a balance between the two, going in, or will you go back to, full, like, or well, so, not full-time, but... Because, you know, we're a support service, we're linked with, we're under the same umbrella as HR, um, the view is, if we don't need to be in, what's the point of being in? Us going in is just going to add more risk, really, yeah. because we work on-site at a hospital. It's not like we have a separate office or anything. We are on site um, and we don't really need to be mixing with the clinical staff so at the moment we'll stay at home um, I'm guessing and it is just a guess over the next six months we might have to go back in on rotors or part time but like there's been no no communication on that at the moment I well. think it's going to be really hard for people to go back into society yeah um, I, honestly when when all this started, when, you know, Boris did his thing saying on the 21st of June, we're, you know, going to sort of go back to a, a new normal, I panicked. Yeah. And I, I even turned around to my boss and was like, they're not going to expect us to go back in straight away. I like, I need, I need, I need notice. Yeah. Like, because I'm, I'm has to be, now. Ha- yeah, has to be, fa- <laughs> like, you, you've adapted so much mm. to, like, be in where you, do what you do now. You know, it's taken me a year to get this new routine. Yeah. And now I'm going to have to change that routine. Yeah. And, and people don't like, we, we've said people don't like change. And even thinking about getting on a tube again. Like, I haven't been on a tube in, since last March. Mm. And having to then do that. And if we're all going to go back in at the same time, how are they, how's that journey going to look? Well, I mean, I'd hope to say that or hope to think that a lot of businesses would have like this tip, like the stage, the five kind of roadmap to kind of being back. But I don't think I don't think for like another year or two uh, work, people's businesses or work will go back to like everyone in the office completely. I think it's going to be a slow, long process, especially because I work in Chelsea most of the time. Place it, people if they don't have to spend money on rent, they're not going to spend money on rent and they're going to have most of their staff working from mm. home. So hopefully like private companies and stuff like that, you know, they might not send their, yeah. their staff back. And it, now now in terms of like, um, if we go back to kind of fitness side of things, what 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 has been, um, has there, is there any challenges that you've, felt, like over the last 12 months, obviously we know that COVID, uh, the whole stuff of that, but anything particularly that stuck out, they go, no, I need to change that. I want to be 
I want to improve on this or I want to, you know, for dip, whatever that might be. Um, so obviously, knowing, going younger, we went through the stages of like, self-image was kind of big things. So is anything like 20s and early 30s? I think hitting 30, I was more, made, like, more aware of not what I look like and how I feel. Um, now that I'm mid-30s, I'd li- I just want to be, you know, feel as good as possible and be strong. Not as in lifting, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just feeling physical. Yeah, yeah. And since I've started CrossFit, I notice that I do. And I wake up in the morning and I feel good in myself. I don't have that, you know, lethargy of, you know, wanting to go back to bed. Is that a belief thing, though? Do you think that's a down to a belief system that you installed in yourself over maybe the last 12 months? Possibly. Because um, some people do get out of bed yeah. and think, oh, fuck this, I don't want to do today. Yeah. I, and... I think there have has been times, especially over COVID, that I've definitely felt like that early early on. But I think this, and I think CrossFit and you guys in this place have given me the motivation. And it, I, you know, I'm, I'm buzzing when I want come in here because you guys are all like the nicest people on the world <laughs> and nice and welcoming. There's no egos here. You come into a class, everyone's your cheerleader, and mm. it's just a really nice atmosphere and it's motivating. And you see you know, the little improvements each week. And I think that's what I was missing um, from previously training and stuff like that. Yes, I was fit and could do stuff, but here you get to see little improvements. Yeah, it's just the marginal gains. And stuff, and by no means, uh, you know, am I a pro or, you know, it doesn't come naturally, what I'm trying to say. So, you know, when you do something and it feels good, it's, it's a buzz and you want to come and do it again. Mm. That I would say that the last few weeks uh, and months, um, because you've heavily invested in yourself, uh, there's been like a massive change in in uh, let's say your performance. Like just some of the workouts that come out have been destroying them, uh, and it's so good to see the. It's so good to see from like my point of view that when when someone does apply themselves and have a like a change mindset where they want to do things for themselves to see actually like I've done this for me and then the result of that is like I feel amazing I'm performing better I just I sleep better whatever it might be it's, it's, it is it's really good to to see that from an outside point of view so that's a that's a well done thank you um, what um, what are the plans for you and your fitness for like you know the next six months twelve months is it just is there no plan is it uh, no, I, there's, there is a plan, I think. Um, I, you know, the last few weeks, and especially when we got to do, like, the personal training as well, I noticed a massive difference in myself. And I think that's been a turning point over the yeah. last sort of Well, that, that's what I mean, so. yeah. And I think, like, that has really helped me because I went from, I think, judging myself because some things didn't click as quickly as I wanted them to, but then spending that time one-on-one has done the world me the world going for that good. learning process and it's, like sl- slowing things down a lot exactly and you know not and I suppose I am sort of a bit competitive in class it's not I, about time it's no, not about speed or exactly, rounds but, but in my head I'm like they've said that I've got to get through these rounds and I'm going to do it and then I yeah, don't yeah. think about form so having it slowed down and you know having those one-to-one sessions have been great and now I've got some more and um, I, I think people often like you know, a lot of the stuff that you see on social media or even on the Netflix one, you see things um, that are like at the top level. And sometimes at the top level, because it's competition, because there's money on the line, people will often sacrifice how they move um, to win. Mm. And I think naturally we all will. 
But in order to be able to do that, like you have to go back to the beginning and yeah. move very, very well in order to yeah. obviously reduce the risk like of injury. In some of the classes I completely zone out because I can just see what's on the board. Yeah. And there's a time limit there. Yeah. And, and my brain goes, oh, win, 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 win. And it's not about that. It's about remembering to do the form at the same time as well. And, and it's, it's interesting because obviously, you know, as you know, we haven't revealed the programming in advance. And that's purely for one of those reasons to try mm. and take that pressure off people and go, just fucking relax. Just go in and enjoy that hour. And don't, and there's no expectations on what you should like, you know, rounds wise. When you're here, we'll tell you the objective for the yeah. day. And it's so, I mean, I might, um, ask you later and t different ways of how to take that pressure off people yeah um, or what works for you and, and, I think and others also hiding the, the workouts helps because you know I would look sometimes most of the time I wouldn't look but sometimes I'd look and go there's war balls oh, come in. yeah I remember when I first started CrossFit like <laughs> 10 years ago and there was no technology you turned up to the box you'd done your work I distinctly remember one day we, there was a five rep max um, front squat on a particular day my legs were ruined. Next day, didn't know what the workout was, woke up and we had, um, it was wall balls or I think it, burpee box jump overs or burpees. My legs were dead, but there was just you just turn up and you just yeah, get on with it. it. Um, and ta obviously there is pros and cons to that, like tactically, but it is the fun, it's the fun side. Mm. Um, so that's, that, that's quite interesting. Um, so going back to plans um, of you for the next couple of months or years or? Um, just like, I think improving my technique is the, the main focus, um, especially my overhead stuff because, you know, all my training and everything has always been focused on running or legs and everything like that. And the last the year stuff. as well. being Yeah. So, and so I've always been weaker up the top. So I'm focusing lots on overhead stuff um, and trying to build that up and also um, my squatting and stuff and just, just building that technique and the confidence as well, mm. I think, because... You know, I think the confidence with me is just to make sure that I'm doing it right because in my head, like even um, Case filmed me a couple of weeks ago and I, in my head I'm going, I'm doing this all wrong. I've just, I've, it doesn't feel right, I'm doing it all wrong. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, actually, looks all right. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy with that, that's yeah. fine. And it's, it's nice to see that and just to, so then when I do go into class. Because we are our own worst critics. Yeah, yeah. and I, I definitely am. Like, I, and I'll look on that board and I'll go, I can't do that. Mm. Um, and as a female, um, like with the nutrition side of things, uh, obviously males and females are having different goals and stuff like this, but how, what's your approach on that? How do you manage that? What, what do you do about your, that element? Well, the past couple of months hasn't been great and a lot of pick and mix has been consumed. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm back on that now. <laughs> okay, but as in like, you're not, it's not something that you take so seriously that it stops you from having fun in other oh, areas? No, like... Back when I was younger, I would restrict, I would like, um, you know, punish my, myself basically yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and hardly eat because that's what other girls were doing. And, you know, if you don't eat as much and train loads, then you're going to be skinny to do that. Um, yeah. But now, like, I haven't done that absolutely years. Um, and I eat what I want within, you know, within moderation. moderation. Within like, if I want a burger and a bit of cake, I'll have a burger and a bit of cake. And it, I, I enjoy food and I don't want it to be I don't want to you know just be in salad leaves I want to enjoy my food I want to yeah. like you can't have this you can't have yeah, that like, we, I think the reality is like we all enjoy food we yeah. all love food um, but knowing how to balance food the foods that you like yeah. with how you're exercising or what you're exercising 
And I think the key thing to think about is it's all relevant to the training style that you're doing. Um, if you're, you know, just pumping loads of weight, and this is probably mainly predominantly to, to guys, but also in, 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 uh, in the kind of women's world, like if you're constantly just adding calories and eating and you're not, you know, exerting that, you're going to naturally put, put the weight on. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I've got a relaxed mindset about food now. Um, so fine women do struggle often with things like that? It's taken a long time, um, but I've just, I think, I think the people that I surround myself with and and my family and stuff like that, we're all food lovers and like, it's just, it's social as well, right? Yeah. Like, How important is that to you, having those people around you? Like, massively, like, and also I've grown up. <laughs> and probably a lot of people did that are my age that food's love right you fall over and hurt your knee when you're a kid and you get a bit of cake and chocolate and you know that yeah. and <laughs> hey, can't you stop crying then <laughs> yeah exactly like that's it mate every, that bit of chocolate makes everything better and yeah. I don't want you know I, I don't want to be that person who goes to a party and you know or a barbecue or something and goes mm, I can't eat that because you know I'm only eating 1200 calories or I don't you know I, I just don't want to be that person I, I remember um a long time ago, I went out and uh, someone offered me a drink. I was like, I've, like, I've got my car or something. I was driving that particular night and someone was like, are oh, you not having a drink because you're into fitness? And I was like, no, because I'm fucking driving. It's got nothing to do with it. Like, it's often like, just because people are into fitness, it means you can't enjoy yourself or manage things a little bit better. It's just... Uh, I think people probably assume that of me now if I was to say I'm not drinking or whatever because yeah. I did you, but I did used to be that person because it would be in my mind a lot. And I'd be like, no, I'm not drinking tonight, or you know, no, I'll just have the salad or, or whatever else. But no, now. What would you tell your younger self if you look back? It's from when you like finished athletics, um, and you know, obviously over those years, becoming more and more aware about how you think, how your body operates. What would you tell your younger self? Relax and just be yourself. Don't worry about anybody else. I think my like. Would that be the same answer to like women suffering from self? Like yeah, uh, like you are you you're unique just just embrace yourself and be yourself um there was so long you know when I was younger that I'd compare myself to everybody else yeah what they were doing what you know what activities they were doing if they were stronger than me skinnier than me running further than me it was a constant comparison and I'm me it's competition yeah. like you know with yourself yeah. and not not other people so yeah just relax and just accept who you are and be comfortable in that career-wise is it something that you wanted to, to move into have you always been um involved in like wanting to help people obviously your job is very much dependent on teaching and learning in some respect right yeah i yeah i think yeah my role is definitely a support service and, and helping people um i'm and that might also be based like related to your personality like liking you know like wanting to ha have conversation talk to people get to know people yeah i'm i I like to fix things. I think people would probably say I'm a fixer. Um, so if someone's got a problem, I want to help them and I want to make things better and, you know, just have a resolution and help people really. So um, I would say that in every single part of my life, you know, family, friends, work, I just want to be that person that can help really. What's been your biggest win in life? Like a takeaway point in your life where you thought, do you know what? I've nailed it. I've still got a lot to go, but I've nailed it. Or a turning, like a major turning point for you. I think it'll probably be this last year to 18 months. And that is 
doing exactly what I just said and relaxing and accepting myself and not judging myself on mm. every single thing I do. Um, especially, you know, walking into here, I was so nervous and I was like... But well, I, I done your... Yeah, most, but yeah. the thing is, as soon as I walked down here and I saw all you guys smiling and being welcoming and stuff like that, I, I totally relaxed. But walking in here, it was like, Sarah, why are you doing this? You can't do it. There's going to be, you know, other people in there that are stronger, whatever. You're going you're gonna to look like a tit, basically. And it is often self-doubt that stops yeah. you from doing a lot of things. And, you know, the last... Yeah, 12 months to 18 months, I've just, I have relaxed. And yes, I can't, there's some things I can't do, but I'm trying and I'm trying my best. Yeah. And that's all I can do. Yeah, yeah. And that, that I think you hit it, the nail on the head. Like we all expect whether to be in a certain place or achieve this or that, but you're as long as you're making that small marginal gain every day towards it, it makes a massive difference. Yeah? Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Very interesting story to hear how you've gone from feeling a certain way, complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, and I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of people, both male and female, can relate um, to that. Um, yeah, I think very interesting. Guys, join us back next week for another episode of the CrossFit Hour Podcast.